0: Well, good morning. We are starting our new series that's going to lead us uh, into Christmas, the fullness of time. And um, I'll just tell you, uh, before I get started, I wasn't trying to hide out and not talk to you. I've been feeling a little under the weather, so I didn't want to go and pass that to everyone. So um, uh, I'm not being antisocial today. Uh, Hello from a distance. And um, uh, we're going to have a great time of worship here today. But I don't know about you, but there's times in life where my timing is off. There's there's times where you hear somebody say something and you're like, oh, I have the perfect response. A day later, you think about it later. Uh, But there are these very unique moments where timing is absolutely perfect. Here's a couple of pictures of perfect Timing. Here's first one right here. Look at this. Look at this. Perfect timing. I don't know if these were set up or not, but pretty awesome right there. I don't know if that's Mr. Miyagi or a soccer player. We'll call it a soccer player because it's World Cup time, right? Uh, here's another one right here. Check out the. Uh, is that a stork uh, dropping that kid off? I'm not quite sure. I don't know what a stork looks like. Uh, another one. That's awesome. That, uh, I could see that on a t-shirt, right? Uh, we, should, uh, we should have that picture before we, we uh, sing the national anthem. Um, I think there's another one. Look at that perfect picture. You think that was set up as well? Uh, I don't know how you do that. Um, but there are moments where everything is absolute perfect timing, but then other times where it's not. The question is, how about God? How is God's timing? I think that sometimes our doubts or our critiques of God many times go back to timing. We're like, God, how come you didn't show up right now? God, why didn't you do this right now? And many times we have doubts and questions about God because we wish that his timing was different. We wish that he would work on our time scale instead of his. The scripture says this in Galatians 4.4, 4, it says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. So this Christmas, we want to think about this idea of God's timing. When God shows up, When God intervenes. Because the scripture makes a reference here to the fact that it was just the perfect time, the fullness of time, the exact right moment when God sent his son. And so this is a struggle in our life because. If we're honest, we don't like to wait, right? We don't like to wait for anything. And, and people throughout history, even people of faith, don't like to wait. There's stories in scripture, though, of people waiting and wandering 40 years In the desert how frustrating would that be to be wandering for 40 years doesn't seem like there's a lot of purpose behind that there's a a season of scripture where there's a 400 year gap in the prophetic word in scripture between the old testament and the new testament huge gap if you think about 400 years that's more time than the history of our country More time than our country has even existed. Go back 400 years. You're in the, you know, uh, way before all of the Declaration of Independence and all the other things that have taken place. A huge gap of time where it seems like, God, what are you doing? What are you working on? How come you're not intervening in a more direct way? And of course, we live in a season where we would say Christ came the first time. More than 2,000 years ago. And he said, one day I will return. And it seems like it's been a while, hasn't it? it the clock is ticking. 2,000 years have passed. And, and people almost of every generation have looked back and said, what are you doing, God? What is going on? How come your timing isn't sped up a little bit? How come you don't do things A little bit faster, how come you're so patient in one way or another? Well, in, in our family, we have uh, one of our favorite movies, our favorite movie, Titus and I's favorite movie is uh, Interstellar. It's a movie about time travel and Matthew McConaughey goes throughout uh, time. And I don't want to spoil it for you because it's a good one, but we watch it a lot because of a couple reasons. It's about a three hour movie and it drives my daughter and wife nuts. Like whenever they even hear the sound of the, ba- the, the music going on in the background, me and my son get like pumped up just hearing the this, this Soundtrack, and my wife and daughter just start rolling their eyes and, like, oh, I hate this stupid long movie. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. But it's all about, you know, this concept in uh, modern science that time is relative, that if you speed up in some ways, time goes slower. If you slow down, time goes. Uh, Time goes faster or vice versa. I can't keep track of it. But anyways, the idea is in science and Einstein, this all goes back to Einstein's theory of relativity is that time is a dimension that can change and can be altered and is different depending on your state, how fast you're moving, those types of things. Pretty unbelievable concept, an odd concept, and if you like kind of like the sci-fi mystery stuff, science geeky stuff, it's kind of fun. Um, but the reality is, is that faith taught us this same principle thousands of years before Einstein. Faith taught us this and the scripture taught us this, that timing is not exactly maybe the way that we would think it would be. Not putting it in a calendar, marking the date, saying this is exactly how things are going to go because God, we know and believe God is different. God is outside of time. God is beyond time. And so when the scripture tells us that a day is like a thousand years and that, 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 that God knows all things, but still we're still in the present moment, it's confusing and it's hard to, hard to grasp. But we have to really beg the question, and here's what it is, and here's how it practically applies to our, our lives. Do you trust God's timing? Do you trust God's timing? Because the way that God looks at time... And events and things going on in the world is different than the way that we do. God is bigger and outside of time the way that we think of it. And when we have a year pass, it seems like such an incredible amount of time, but the scripture says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I am eternal and will be eternal. It's different when you think about it. With God. And so as people of faith, we have, to, we have to reflect on and think about and ask ourselves, how do we relate to this in our struggles, in our everyday life, in our grind, in the things that we have going on in our life? Do you trust God's timing? Well, uh, in Galatians chapter 3, and this is the same passage that this verse um, comes from that is the theme of our series um, the verse that talks about the fullness of time god sent his son god sent jesus to the earth the broader context talks about how the time has come and i want to read that it's uh we're going to start in galatians chapter 3 verse 23 and it says this it says before the coming of this faith we were held in custody under the law Locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So that the law was our guardian until Christ came. That we might be justified by faith. Now that... Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. I want to pause here. We're going to pick it back up, but I want to pause here and explain like pretty much the contents of the message the apostle Paul is trying to communicate to us is right there in those few verses. But he goes on to explain it further. But what he's saying here is this, is that there was a time before Jesus. There was a time before Jesus came into the world and what happened and what took place is, is faith in some way or religious practice or relating to God in some way was, was held under this category of the law of the Old Testament. It was, it was in a way a guardian, a placeholder for what was to come. Is that there was, you know, there was principles that people had to kind of be rooted in and established before God fully revealed himself and before God fully came in the person of Jesus Christ. And it was those laws of the Old Testament, like the Ten Commandments. But what he's saying here is it wasn't, it wasn't complete. It wasn't a full picture of God. Now, once again, this is a, a critique that we could all have as we look and we say, how come, God, you didn't give the full picture to all people that lived?" That's why. Seems unfair. But again, we have to ask ourselves, do we trust God's timing? And he's saying that now, because we live in a time period where Jesus has come, Jesus has revealed the the full nature of God. We are no longer under this guardian or we are no longer under this this partial way of living out our faith and practice in this world. So he continues to explain it. Maybe maybe that conceptually ha- isn't clear yet. So let's continue to hear his explanation in verse 26. He says this. So in Christ Jesus. You are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise Again, let me pause there and explain what he's talking about. He's saying the consequence of the reality that Jesus has come and fulfilled the promises that were made in the Old Testament, the promises that there's more to come of this story. God is going to reveal himself clearer through a Messiah, a Savior, someone that is to come. And when Jesus came, now we can recognize the fact that we are children of God. There were children of God, not not of nationality, not of gender, not of status. It's not based on any of these like uh, things that we're born into. It's based on the fact that we put our faith in Jesus Christ and it makes us heirs to his promise. And he's using he's using this terminology for us to kind of grapple with this analogy, the analogy of an heir. An analogy of an inheritance, a promise, what we we get as a result of Jesus coming. And it says in chapter 4, verse 1, What I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we are under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son. This is the same verse that is the theme for our series. It's just a different translation. But again, it's but when the when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit that calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. And this is the incredible promise of Christmas and the incredible principle of Christmas that, that, that should be crystal clear in our mind that there was a time before where it was maybe unclear. There was times before where people were following the law and struggling with it and not quite sure what God was doing in the world. But there was promises made that there would be a time that came in the future where God would show up. God would show up. God would reveal himself. And that time has come. That time has come. And it came at that first Christmas season when God showed up in this world and demonstrated without a shadow of a doubt what God is like and what God is doing in this world. And so now we can understand something that is incredibly significant for our lives. Now we can understand some principles that can give us great hope, and faith as we live out our life, as we struggle with maybe even the timing of things, as we struggle with the mundane aspects of life, as we struggle with with different temptations or different uh, stresses that we have in life. He's saying, you realize that there was a time period in the past where it was like people were like a kid and there was a promise that was made to them, an inheritance that was due to them, in the future but they weren't old enough yet to accept it the timing wasn't right yet they had not they had not come of age yet and it wasn't wasn't appropriate yet for the, them to take on all of the inheritance and all of the responsibility with that but this is the analogy of faith is that the time has now come the time is here and now you have received the inheritance now you have received the gift now you have received everything and so you can be children of god full heirs and reap all of the benefits of what god has done so it's saying here and the overall overall theme of these verses is the time has come so you should live your life differently Past couple of weeks, there's been an interesting thing that has taken place in my life that is an incredible story and reminder of God's timing. Um, This past uh, school year, I have taken a job as a a high school Bible teacher at Faith Christian Academy. It's been a great experience for me. Uh, my schedule has been busy, but it's been a great joy being able to be a Bible teacher. Hang out with, uh, got about eighty-five students um, in high school, and and uh, my main class is New Testament, so I can uh, uh, teach them all about things like uh, things like Jesus's first coming and second coming, all this stuff. It's great. It's been fantastic, but. Here's something that has transpired over the last couple of weeks. This year, Faith Christian Academy is celebrating their 51st anniversary. Pretty amazing. Incredible that they have had a K-12 for that long. They have their own high school building. They have a separate building for the, for the K-8. And all of these things, it's really thrived for years. But the reality is, is there was a significant amount of debt at the church, And these things happen over the time. And you know how the economy has been difficult and uh, interest rates have been high. And so what happened about three weeks ago is the superintendent of the school where I work was called into the office of the pastor that uh, is over the church and the school. And the pastor told him the very difficult news that Faith Christian High School's building and property is going to be sold And the school will be closed down. That the 51st year of the school's history will be its last. And it was an incredibly difficult decision, he said. But they had uh, struggled and had... They had about seven, they have currently about $17 million in debt. They have a balloon payment of $7 million coming up. that had been refinanced several times and they were looking at the refinancing rates and things and said, we can't refinance it again. And, uh, they looked into the property of the high school and it was valued at about $12 million. And they said, we don't want to do this, but we're going to sell that property, pay off all that debt and keep the K-8 open. But we can't keep the high school open. It's a decision that we're going to have to make. And so... That uh, superintendent was uh, struggling with this news, and uh, he tells the story that he came that night to the state volleyball game that was uh, being played, and nobody knew what was going on, but he had to put on a happy face as he was trying to figure out how we would convey this news that uh, 250 kids wouldn't have a school next year, about 25 people would lose their job, including myself and him, and uh, how is he going to share this news to all these people after 51 years of the school being in existence he made a phone call that weekend to a friend of his a friend of his at another church grace church and he made a phone call to him because he'd been long friends with him and his kids had actually come through the school and he told him what was going on and amazingly the pastor of that church said you know what the same day you got that news i got some news of my own Their church had been working on a building program where they were going to build a ministry center. They had worked on this for multiple years. They had uh, anticipated it being about a $20 million project for them to build a second building where they would host all kinds of different ministries of the church. And that day, their architect, builder, and other people came to them and said, everything has kind of changed from when we started this And our budget now, if you want to build the building you were thinking about, is going to cost you $37 million, not $20 million. And they were like completely thrown. And so this pastor receives the call from the school superintendent and they begin chatting and they said, maybe we need to talk. Maybe we need to meet. And over the course of 48 hours, Grace Church and Faith Bible Chapel came to an arrangement where Grace Church would give $12 million to Faith Church, buy the high school property, and take over the school, and the school would continue on. So the story, and it's an unbelievable story. Can you imagine the ups and downs for all the people that were taking place? And I learned about all of this after it all went down. But in a matter of 48 hours, things that had been percolating and had been working and had been had been moving for years and years and years came together. And all of a sudden, two ministries were the answer to one another's prayers. That one ministry was swimming in debt, and they didn't really have a good answer for it. And another church was looking for a property, and all of a sudden, their building project moved forward three years. And a a school that was going to have to try to market a high school building to the general public, all of a sudden got a deal for $12 million in 48 hours. And and the kingdom of god will continue on and the school will continue on and the ministry will continue on and actually it will be in a more stable place for both churches and both ministries. Amen. Unbelievable story, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Unbelievable story of the miracle of god doing something. And 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 there was I'm sure ulcers and tears and prayers, and all kinds of things that were going on in the course of 48 hours, and even leading up to that, where there was all these things where it was like, there's no way, there's no way that this can work, it doesn't make sense, it doesn't add up, the numbers are overwhelming, it's, it's, it's over, it's finished, it's finished. it's done. But the reality is, and what we need to understand, and it's really a clear message of Christmas, is God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect. Is that there are things that God is working on and doing in our hearts, in our lives, all around us. And God is not absent or asleep at the wheel. Instead God is at work. And God's timing is perfect. The, the real challenge for us. And the reason that these words are, are written. And the reason that we need to think about and talk about this. Is because we can miss it. We can. We can miss it. And we can give up. And we can abandon faith. And we can kind of get discouraged. And we can just like quit on things. Because we don't believe it. That God's timing is perfect. You can really miss it. In some ways, what it is, is if you want to think about a Christmas analogy, it's like a gift that has been offered to you and remains unopened. It sits there and is never unwrapped. And that is a reality that can take place. And that's a reality for many people, is that you can miss it. That God's timing is perfect. You can miss it. But let's be clear, and this is very important for us to be really clear on. God will win in the end. Okay? God will win. That the church will prevail. The church won't go away. The message and the people who are following God will prevail. Evil will not overcome the church. That is a promise of Scripture. That is a promise Of God, and that in the end, evil will be vanquished. It will all be done away with and it will fail. God will win. But the thing that's annoying is it's all in God's time. Not in our timetable, not on our schedule, not at our agenda, not at our beck and call, but it's in God's timing. Why? Man, I have a lot of questions about that. Don't you? But it is a truth that we need to realize, and it's a promise of God, that God will win. So the question to us is, are you on board or not? Because it's going to happen. God will win. Evil will not succeed. God will prevail. All of these things are true and it's a promise that's been laid out in scripture and it's a message of Christmas that we need to realize and we need to take that gift and unwrap it and make sure we hold tightly to it in our lives. God's going to win. I think there's two truths that I want you to hold on to today. I want you to hold it close to you because it's really important for your for your spirit And it's really important for your attitude as you live out this life in times where it is tenuous, it's difficult, it's troubling, it's stressful. When you're in the middle of that, you need to hold on to these two truths that the birth of Jesus teaches us. The first one is this. The life of Jesus is a promise fulfilled. It's a promise fulfilled. That it was a long time in coming That that it seemed like it never would happen. There was huge gaps of time. There There was people that were wondering if it ever would take place. But it was something that was laid out over the course of generations and seasons. And it was something that was a promise that was made by God. And it was fulfilled. And that's what the scripture keeps reiterating over and over when it tells the Christmas story. Do you not understand God made these promises, and God is fulfilling it. God fulfilled it when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. God fulfilled it when Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. God fulfilled it when it was was Jesus, the Emmanuel, which means God with us. All of these were promises that were made to people, and people, generations came and went and some people probably said, I don't believe it anymore. Some people probably said, mm, when's this going to take place? When's it going to happen? Does it seem like it's, it's here? It's a promise fulfilled. And the scripture Uh, makes it crystal clear for us that it's something that is important for us to embrace in our life, that just because the promise isn't right here in your hand right now, you are an heir to this promise. You have been given this birthright. You are a child of God and your inheritance is eternal. And that is a fact. And that's what you need to remember. It is a promise from God. That's what the life of Jesus is. A second truth that is important for us to hold on to uh, in reflecting on the birth of Christ is that the life of Jesus is that gift extended. It's a gift extended to us, it's a promise fulfilled, but it's something that you have to receive. It's a promise that has been fulfilled, and it is a gift that is extended to us. A gift that God would come to earth, that God would be present in your life, that God would be active and intimately involved with everything going on in your life. It is a gift that is extended to you. God is closer than you think. God is right there. God cares about you, and God loves you. God came to earth. God did the unthinkable. And so for us, as we reflect on some of the ups and downs, some of the emotional roller coasters that we inevitably face in this life, that there's times where we're like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if what... What God's doing. I don't know about this timing. I don't know about what is going on in my life right now that the message of Christmas is, you know what? Accept the gift. Jesus, the promise of Jesus, the gift of Jesus was a promise fulfilled and a gift extended. Accept that gift and you are a child of God and an heir to that promise. How, how would that change your life? How would it change your life if you truly knew, hey, I got an inheritance that that has already been given to me. That has already been promised. It's a it it has been exchanged. That promise has been given to me right here and now. And you know what? Before Jesus, people didn't quite have a full grasp or full understanding of it. But now we can know the gift is clear and I'm an heir should change our life in profound ways. As people of faith, we should, we should have incredible hope every single day, even when we see evil all around us. Incredible hope because we're heir to a promise. We should, we should have incredible joy in our life knowing that, you know what? Nothing can touch me. Nothing can set, take me down because I'm an heir to a promise that has been fulfilled and this is something that can never be taken away. I'm an heir to something. And this is the promise that was made, fulfilled, and the gift that was extended to me. We have so much to be hopeful for, so much to celebrate, so much that we can can take joy in every single day of our lives. And so when you're feeling like, all hope is lost, I don't know how to handle this, I don't know what's coming next. Pray a simple prayer and say, God, I know I'm a child of God and an heir to your throne, to your promises, to your inheritance. I will reap the benefits of all that you did when you came to earth, lived and died and was and raised from the dead. I know that that is an inheritance that that I've had the scripture here is saying the time has come you can know this right now and that's the message of Christmas when the fullness of time had come God sent forth his son that time has come will you pray with me God, I thank you for this season. I thank you for the annual reminder. The annual reminder that we get to reflect on that you came to earth, you fulfilled your promises, and you extended the gift of salvation to us. So God, I pray for strength today. For us to take that gift, open it up and hold it close. For us to recognize we are a child of God. We are an heir to the promise that you made. our inheritance is set if we just accept your gift. God, thank you. So as your eyes are closed and you still remain kind of in a spirit of prayer, I just want to invite you to respond to that gift. The message of the Bible is clear. That Jesus came to earth to demonstrate once and for all that God loves us. That God came to save us from the mess that we've put ourselves in. Save us from our sins. So if you confess your sin, God will forgive you. God will forgive you and you can be called a child of God, an heir to his promise, the promise of eternal life. So right now, cry out to God, say, God, forgive me. God, I accept your gift. Help me to hold it close.